0: Um, our hope in your attending this is that there would be something relevant for you, some sort of a takeaway. And likely you're not here because you're hoping to implement a whole new program in whatever district you're serving. Um, so maybe as a classroom teacher or even as a parent, there might be reminders, there might be encouragements, or there might be takeaways that you feel like, oh, these are some tweaks that I could probably bring back to my life because you're engaging with children and our hope is that you're gonna clearly see why it's important for children to be in contact regularly with nature. Um, we'll get to our introductions in just a minute, but this is um, the Palm um, Christian Forest School. And really, it's all about differentiation. Um, that's where this was birthed out of. Um, so that's what we're gonna talk about today, is differentiating your instruction. This is something that you likely do so often and so well as a teacher. Um, by now you can probably do it in your sleep. You respond and you adjust the learning experiences that you bring to your students um, so that you can achieve, so that your kids can grow um, and, um, and develop. So today we're gonna show you, just like you do when you differentiate, We're gonna show you some data um, and you're gonna see the impact of the differentiation that we're doing. Um, And I would venture to guess that most of the differentiating that you do is providing accommodations or modifications in a lesson or in a unit. Um, This takes a step back um, and it's differentiating by a program. Um, This level, oh so, We're gonna share with you some of the data that we found that really birthed this program. And um, we're also gonna share with you the findings regarding the student growth in our first year. Um, And we're kind of excited about the success that we found thus far. Um, Keep in mind, we're going to try for taking about 50 minutes to go through the story of Forest School. So be question collectors along the way so that if you want um, us to cover something that we didn't, or we've got Emily here. I talked about you already, Emily. If you've got questions for her, um, feel free. In the end, we'd like to be able to clarify things or allow you to probe further in some curiosities that you might have. Um, So with that, welcome to A Glimpse of the Forest. Um, My name is Miska Reinsberger, and I get to serve as the principal um, of Forest School. And I'm gonna talk a little bit, like I think about this like a funnel, I'm gonna talk in general about the inception of the program, as well as kind of the overall mission of Forest School, um, and then Ron is here.
1: I'm your kindergarten Forest School teacher. And uh, I'm gonna put my hat on now because I'm gonna be going to work real soon. And so okay. um, a year ago, this is what my hat looked like. Might seem kind of goofy, I'm a kindergarten teacher, but I'm a guy. And so when I wear these super, uh hats, it kind of relaxes a kid's, um, I'm comfortable in my own skin and what I wear and what I do now so I can wear silly hats. Um, but more importantly, the kids can see me anywhere in the woods with this hat on. It's kind of losing that, you know, standout color, but um, someday I'll have to replace it. So. My, my, um, My background was uh, coming out of public school uh, classrooms. Uh, I was in first grade for 10 years, second grade for four, young fives for 13 or kindergarten. And so that's the lens that I'm looking through. And so when I describe this for you, um, I know what the classroom looks like. I spent lots of years in the classroom. And uh, it uh, will be hard for me to contain my excitement, uh, my energy um, will get ramped up as I go through this presentation because it's really the most amazing educational thing I've experienced uh, in my teaching career. Nothing will ever hold a candlestick to it, and I just I'm humbled and blessed to be serving Holland Christian Schools in this capacity. Kind of shocked that I got the job, to be honest with you, but uh, I'm just so grateful. So.
0: So you know as a teacher, when you're differentiating, part of what you're doing is you're looking at where are our learners? And in general, the landscape of childhood has changed today. Um, This generation of kids really is, in all of humankind, the first generation to move from primarily outside to indoors, and that is the data Um, that we're seeing impact our learners, and those are the learners who are coming to our classrooms. Um, And this program was in response to that data that we found, um, both academically, and physically, and spiritually. Um, So just a few data points for you. Um, Danielle Cohen from the Child Mind Institute is just simply one of many researchers that are finding the average American child spends four to seven minutes per day in unstructured outdoor play. Um, Those same researchers are also finding that the average American child spends seven hours a day in front of a screen. Sedentary and the wiring of their brain in those formative years is doing something different. Um, Richard Louvre is author of Last Child in the Woods. He coined the term nature deficit disorder A whole host of maladies is being um, recognized in this crop, this generation of children, who not by their choice, but they have moved indoors. So we're seeing children with diminished use of senses or increase in sensory processing challenges. Um, We see an increase in attention, difficulties, higher rate of physical and emotional illness in children today. Um, an increase in childhood obesity, and the list is long. Now, they're not all going to be the fault of indoors. There's a lot of facets to all of that, but generally speaking, there is a trend. Childhood has moved indoors, and these maladies have increased. Um, I believe moving a child from the outdoors to indoors, sitting down in front of a screen, goes against what God had intended for children to do uh, as they were growing. Um, We might go so far as to say that removing children during their formative years from nature distances them from concrete opportunities to engage with their creator. Young children learn with their bodies and um, they explore and they discover with their hands. Um, If you think about your own childhood, Um, Think back to being given the chance to play in the rain, or marveling at puddles, or listening to wind shuffle through the leaves, or lying just simply lying in the grass and watching and marveling at God's artwork above you. Um, If you take those kinds of memories and moments, almost holy moments, away from a child, what what price do you pay for a little fledgling in the faith from um, removing those moments, engaging from with their creator in a concrete way, um, and replacing that with a lot of screen time? Um, I think we're kind of finding out, because these kids are the first generation to go through this. So Forest School is an educational option designed to move children back outdoors. Um, I don't often find myself reading the Belgic Confession <laughs> but this one to me my soul gives a loud amen um, for years um, the, the fathers of our faith have recognized how is it that we know our God and, and I'm going to guess this resonates with you also when you get clouded um, with the stresses of life where do you go to find God you find God in the quiet you find God in the universe that he created, with creatures great and small, um, marveling at our invisible God, who makes himself visible to us through creation. So it's critical that these little humans be gifted with the same uh, mode of, of learning about and exploring and finding and communing with their God. So, <clears throat> for a school, how'd this thing begin? Ooh, nope, you're going to talk about This is awesome.
1: This is uh, one of the pictures from Yellowstone, and I thought it, it really uh, kind of connected with what Mr. just talked about. And I'll show you some other pictures in a minute here. If I can get this board, a Wonderful thing. But before I start that, I, put, I originally deleted this slide because I thought, well, it's all Christian school teachers and they don't hear, hear a Bible verse from me. I put it in there so I would get comfortable, to be honest with you. Um, this is my class, Bible verse that we've memorized. And for me, I don't know how long ago, a while ago, I read this verse, and it just became really weir- real to me that if I was going to spend time with Jesus, I needed to spend time in His Word. And so ever since I read that verse, and this one came along with it. This is just working wonderful. Um, no, I got it. Um, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, and they, and they were astonished and took note that these men had done with Jesus. And when I, I, I thought about um, our gifts and talents and what we have and whatever we do, and if we spend time with Jesus, spend time every day with Jesus, that we too become, at least for me, I can say I was unschooled in many, many ways. I can also say I was very ordinary. But all of us here, when we spend that time with Jesus, everything we do, every facet of our life, we become extraordinary. And what that should point to is Jesus working in us and the fact that we spend time with him. And so every day when I we read this verse, I talk about the importance of spending time in God's word, spending time with Jesus. It's a part of our morning launch that we do before school. And at the end of the launch, we say, become like Jesus. I often say to my class, I want you to be like Jesus was when he was five. And we talk about what that looks like. So the next, I guess you just have to stand close, which I might as well um, this is my family. Again, a number of years ago, I put my faith first, my family next, and then my school kids, in that order. Um, for a while there, I had a little backwards. I spent a little too much time at work. I was spending too much time with somebody else's kids and not my own. And again, here's another picture of Yellowstone. That was what we were staying in front of. So, raise your hand if you've been to Yellowstone. Good. If you haven't, it should be on your bucket list. I went there just a few years ago with my family. And I was just wowed. I was I was like, how big is our God? This is just so, so incredible, so, so moving. I for sure want to live there. I got my wife talked into moving to northern Michigan, but not quite yet to uh, Wyoming. But what I'm gonna share with you today is kind of like this picture and telling you this is Yellowstone, or the picture before it. I can't capture for you what I'm experiencing in Ford school. I'm watching kids just be transformed because they're simply given the time they need to play. All the research says that kids need to play for four or five hours a day in unstructured, outside play, and I'll get to those slides. So this picture can't capture Yellowstone, no other one before it, nor 1,000 pictures. I think I have 2,000, probably 2,500 from last year of forest school, they don't capture it. Emily already has a 1,000 pictures, so I gotta pick it up for this year. I think I got 750, I'm trying to keep up with her now. It's hard to do, though. You know, I'm at kind of, you know, when I have grandparents' day, I'm hanging out with my peers now. For many of you, you're not there yet, some of you are. But grandparents' day is like hanging out with my peers. And then when they hire the new teachers, they're the same age as my kids. So you, you kind of know, right? I see some heads up. My hair is usually gray, and I cut it off so you couldn't see it um, just recently. Um, why Forest Kindergarten? There's no doctor, trainer, facility, or program that can make up for the benefits of child-led, child-organized, outdoor free play. Forest school, Forest kindergarten specifically, it's the child-led piece, the child-organized piece, the outdoor piece, and the free play. My role is to sit back and let those kids play. There's a lot to do while they're playing, but it's not to direct their play. And fortunate for me, when I was um, trying to um, get a job in Christian schools, and I already, Granville, Hudsonville, and Jeniston Christian Schools, I already got my Dear John letter, we're not going to interview you. And I saw this job first on Christian's Forest School, and it's one I thought I wanted, I wasn't 100%. Honestly, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be outside that much in all the weather and whatnot. But spring break, I spent the entire spring break, and I didn't know I had the interview yet, reading everything I could read, eight to 10 hours a day reading about Forest School. There's that much information out there, just Google it, it just, it just, it's been going on since the early 1900s. And then I was lucky enough, my wife found this for me, There's a web seminar, and Aaron Kenny, who's considered the guru of forest school in the United States, she was on it and another, a number of others. And My daughter said to me, why are you spending all this time on forest school? You don't even know if you have an interview yet. And I said, well, you can't prepare for an interview in an hour or two. But when I did that and immersed myself in this knowledge, I got this, this umbrella view of what it should look, look like. And it paved the way. Um, and I think it, I don't think, I know it was God's hand, for us to start something in Christian schools um, that the public schools will not be able to duplicate for years. Scientists have already determined that it takes approximately 400 repetitions to to create a new synapse in the brain, unless it's done with play. Then it's only 10 or 20 repetitions. Brain development. In Finland, here's Aaron Ken, you'll see a number of slides. um, is kindergartners, and just so you know, when she's referring to kindergartners, hers, her kids are three and four years old, not kindergarten age. Um, in Europe, when you talk about kindergartners, you're talking about kids that are before the school age, so it gets a little confusing, but um, that's what's unique about here. But in Finland, the country that consistently rates the highest worldwide in academic success, um, the notable feature is that um, formal education doesn't start until first grade, until the kids are seven. What are they doing before that? They're doing forest school. They're playing in the forest. That's what they're doing. The latest publicized research found that the American Child, and you mentioned this, they spend six to seven hours a day uh, doing the screen time thing. An American Child only spends 30 minutes per week in unstructured outdoor play. Let's watch a short video. I'm not going to watch the whole thing because it was hard for us to get done yesterday in 30 minutes, I mean 50 minutes. Oops! It still didn't work. We had this problem yesterday. We have Wi-Fi. Yeah. It was.
0: Yeah, when it
1: goes to the internet. We'll bail on it again. But man, I like this video.
0: Yeah.
1: All right, Alan? Yeah. I'll describe the video. Um. There are grandparents talking with their kids about what they did when they played. And one of their grandpas says, well, I used to go fishing. In fact, I remember one day I was down by the river and I caught some fish and this black bear came and." Oh, she might get it going. She's... Yep, she did. Thank you. She knows it's a lot better than me talking about it.
0: It is pretty cool. Okay, keep on talking then.
1: <laughs> I don't remember what she's saying here, so I can't really, you know. <laughs>
0: nope, I know why I say
1: So you can see what's going on. Graham is talking with her daughter and, and whatnot, and they're going back about all this time they spent outdoors, and then it fast-forwards to about five or six kids.
0: I had this for my presentation. Oh, sorry, that's the speaker. Maybe it'll work. Pacing me, I'm going to keep throwing the fish out of my basket. So we go blueberry picking, for instance. Uh, just some cute, <laughs> but
1: it's true. We grew watermelons, um, plantains. I found an old sign which was big enough for me to sit on. I made a great tobacco. It was very slick, very
0: fast. I had a few fish in my basket, and I looked up on this bluff, and here's this black bear sitting there, watching me. If he starts chasing me, I'm going to keep throwing the fish out of my basket until he's gorge that he won't that he won't bother
1: me. And what did you like to do for fun? You know, you go door to door get a group of kids and you play uh, lots of games, uh, hide and seek, just going out to the field and playing baseball. And we built
0: these massive forts, you know, the kind that you can actually sit in and, and, and play in, you know, with, with our friends and it was just really wonderful.
1: So what do you like to do for fun?
0: Video games. Definitely. I
1: like to go on my phone. Tap. Um, email.
0: email. My favorite thing to do in the world is definitely watching videos and playing video games. Those take up so much of my time. Three hours, or three to four hours a day. Same. Five hours straight. Just last week I watched 23 episodes of a TV series in less than four days. I forget. I'm in a house, I have parents, I have a sister, I have a dog, I just think I'm in the video game, I'd completely get lost. I would die if I don't have my tablet. Whenever I feel upset, I'd play video games and I'd feel normal. It's really wonderful.
1: When your daughters grow up, your great-great-grandkids, what do you think will happen if this trend
0: continues? It's scary to think that they'll never have to leave the house.
1: Cindy grew up uh, doing a lot of the things that I did and, and enjoyed and I see what uh, my grandsons are doing today and it's uh, mind-boggling. By the time they have kids, it's gonna be a really different environment. I
0: actually feel a little sad because I feel like he's missing out on what's out there in the beautiful world.
1: Sure, what I'm witnessing right now in forest school, um, it's just everybody, it, it is for every child. You'll hear people say, oh, well, parents will say, oh, this, this would be great for my youngest, but not my oldest child. It's like we discovered at um, camp this summer, we had forest camp, we had preschool, and we had kindergarten and first graders. And I had gamers coming, I call them, and princesses. You could tell when they come, they've never been in the forest. They go through the stream, and they're tiptoeing, or they're afraid to get in the water, that's the only inch feet. By the time they left in a the week, they were so engaged in, lay, lay, um, in the outdoors and having so much fun, they didn't want the camp end. And what were we doing there? We were just playing um, out there in that space. So we have replaced screen time with screen time. Why have we? Why have parents done it? Even teachers do it. We know very well that when we're having a bad day, now, I honestly can say I've never done this in poor school, uh, but when I was in the public schools or in a, a regular classroom, you throw a video in so you could get emails done, right, in the class just sat there that all the wildest kids in your class that you could get to sit still all day long are fine, sitting still and watching whatever it is you have on the TV even if they've seen it ten times um, so you and, and that's what this is referring to, what you see when a child is in front of a screen it just memorize them. Um, again, Aaron Kenny um, recent studies found that there are many benefits for children who spend extended periods, that's a key word, extended periods of time, but as Miskas said Maybe as a classroom teacher, maybe as a parent, you're not ready to dive into this. Maybe for you, it would just be taking your kids out more often to read books outside, to do some writing outside. Just get them outside in the sunlight. I, at 58, I think, I lose track old I Um, which is a good thing, have been sleeping through the night. I did, not sometime in my 40s, it stopped. But two weeks into forest school, I sleep through the night, every night, without pills. That's a key word there. Because in our last conference, everybody had their whole oh, I sleep through the night, so many of us good, some good meds. That's what I'm guessing. For me, it was sunlight and fresh air. Not a lot of movement. I'll talk why. I, I don't move a lot out there. Um, but this unstructured play, including stronger immune systems, higher grades, longer attention spans, superior problem solving, critical thinking. No wonder we can't keep up with Finland and Denmark. This is what they're doing. They're doing forest school before they come to a regular classroom for their all kinds of reasons. Nature is a healing salve for anxiety-ridden, stressed-out kids in today's fast-paced, over-scheduled world. It, al- it also offers a place to play that encourages cooperation, teamwork, and increases social bonding. Those social bonds. What's happening socially with my kids? Um, Mr. Cools here he teaches at uh, Holland Christian in the junior high, and it was his idea, and he came to me wanting to partner up with us. So about every two weeks, we hang out with these junior high kids. And I, I know that that probably is the favorite thing that they do in this class in the school year. And I watch these relationships de- develop over time and just their engagement. In fact, we lose they're having so much fun out there, we lose the kids. The last time, two times we're out there, we call them in. I blow the whistle. I'm like, man, I'm thinking I'm missing some kids. So I get in my room and I get them on the stumps. Yep, three are missing. I wasn't too worried about it because were it was his mistake, not mine. <laughs> um, so his junior high kids sent him way back in the forest and eventually we got him back and they were covered in mud and having fun but what we noticed about this, this, this healing salve and my, just in the conferences a week ago mom told me about her twins she said my daughter's fingernails I have to cut them Sadie, I have to cut them like every week or more because they're just so full of mud and grid my other daughter, I don't have to cut her fingernails I said really, she says yeah because she chews them all up. well that's not true anymore though that's why I'm telling you this Two weeks into the school year, her fingernails started growing back up because she's not, I think she's not stressed out anymore. And Miska can tell you that when she goes around and this has nothing to do with what teachers are doing, it has to do with what's happening in society. You know if you've been teaching for a while that the kids we're getting right now are so different than what we had in the past. Um, I'm experiencing in Holland Christian because my, my colleagues from the public schools think that's a cakewalk where I'm at. I'm I'm working with a really challenging group of kids. I'd they're the most challenging I've had in my teaching career. And I know it's what happened in their youth with all the screen time and not getting outside and not playing and whatnot. So anyways, Miska noticed all these kids. And you do see it too, just look around the elementary classrooms, how they're all chewing, either their necks or their sleeves. But when you go to forest school, you don't see those things. And if you do, they go away. I discovered that movement. And this is one of my other favorite books, um, Balanced and Barefoot. And when I'm reading this stuff, preparing for the interview that I don't know that I have yet, um, I'm thinking they're crazy. There's no way all this stuff happens. This is like pie in the sky stuff. It's not. I'm witnessing, I'm watching it firsthand. It says, I discovered that movement through active free play, particularly in the outdoors, is absolutely the most beneficial gift we can, as parents, caregivers, grandparents, and I throw in there too, um, can be uh, bestow it on our children to ensure healthy bodies, creative minds, academic success, emotional sti- stability, and strong social skills. I, I just think about just the just the you know how and Christian. I'll, I'll talk more about that later. Don't we jump on here? And this again is. One of my favorite authors here she talked about when they're deprived of child-led play experiences they struggle with higher level thinking skills such as coming up with their own ideas problem solving and other forms of creative expression it's important that we allow plenty of independent play experiences in which children have ample time we're talking about two or three hours by the way a day not a week and um, space to explore create play with friends and then it is then that they will be able to practice the complex cognitive skills needed for a successful academic career and to reach their intellectual capabilities. That's why I'm not a doctor, by the way, because I, I, I didn't get these experiences in the early child my brain didn't develop as it should have. So I needed more time with this. This is one of my favorite slides. If you look at, you'll see in a minute, for those of you who have not been to Forest School, I see some Holland Christian um, friends here, but when you look out at the playscape where the kids play, only, only what God has created is out there. We, we've been real curious in that. We've kind of been leading that. In fact, there's some, uh, some individuals in the Discovery Center that have embraced it or really like this idea. This is not a stick. It's a pencil, a magic wand, a racetrack, a horse, a guitar, a microphone, a dinosaur, a sword, a house, a bridge, anything a child can ever imagine. Someone had an idea. Um, that. This is when you know administrators administrator is visiting, by the way. See what she's wearing? <coughs> this is one of her early visits, and she comes out, and they go, what are you doing out here dressed like that?
0: Here's the first day of school? <laughs>
1: and then this is Troy Doctor. I consider that was Mrs. Reinsberger, if you can tell. And this is Troy Doctor, who became a friend of mine. And I consider Troy and Miska the mother and Troy the father of Hound Christian's Forest School. You
0: know what, maybe I'll this would be a good place to be here. So, um, November 2017, just before Thanksgiving break, Alan Christian took a break. kids went home and we had professional development. And it was in a meeting that I was attending, and it was about differentiation in reading and writing. And um, I was listening and feeling kind of an irk of like, okay, we can differentiate within the classroom for some kids in a mini-lesson and in the materials that we're providing them but I still feel like our scope of reaching all learners isn't quite broad enough. So I was listening in the meeting, but I was then thinking, I wonder if there's someone at the Outdoor Discovery Center who we could maybe partner with, and the Outdoor Discovery Center is a nature center um, located just a little south of Holland. Um, so I went to their website, to the contact button, and I just sent a message, anyone want to dream big up with me about kindergarten? Um, got a response back from someone named Rachel who said yeah why don't you come on down to the outdoor discovery center and let's talk my thought in driving there was great we're gonna hold some little holland christian kindergartners in class in their facility on their grounds and i'll just be the administrator um, ensuring that these kindergartners reach holland christian benchmarks when i got to the outdoor discovery center that was absolutely not what they're able to do because they're building their facility was to capacity with kids. Um, however, they were very willing to support us in the outdoor aspect of kindergarten if we wanted to implement a new program. So I drove to multiple uh, elementary buildings and I went to the middle school asking principals, could we put some kids in this building? Maybe they would truck across the playground and it felt forced and um, the middle school was a lot of old kids to have a little group of kindergartners in the middle of. Um, I just couldn't quite find where could we house a group of kindergartners close to the forest. Holland Christian, and this is um, something for you to keep in mind also as a teacher, we don't have a lot of green space. We don't have a great big forest. Um, but having just a little bit of rough area um, with loose parts is really all that kids need. So we have a stretch of trees that's really unmanicured. That's a long, narrow stretch, kind of like a capital T. And then in the back of our property, there's another long, narrow stretch. Um, And I felt like, Ty, if we could just get our kids into that space, I think we could do different kind of learning and impact more kids. Um, I just didn't know where to house the program. So after talking with each principal and looking at the buildings, I could feel this idea fading away. So I sat down in Troy's doctor's office. um, He was our director of advancement um, at the time. And I said, Guy, Troy, you know what? Here was an idea, and we don't have a space to put the kids, so I don't think we can do the program. And we kicked around this idea, felt it fading away, and thought, well, let's just put it on the shelf and see once if someday something will come to life. So I went back to my building and was in a classroom and working with some kids and probably half an hour later Troy Doctor shows up in the classroom. What if I got you a portable? This is an old one. Our football team uses a portable as a locker room. It's like, what if I get you one of those things? I'm like Perfect. You know what? We could stick a portable in the woods and I it's not the facility that we need it's the outdoor space that we need. Think this could work, and who The dream kind of came back to life. Um, Troy Doctor um, passed away in August of cancer, um, but his fingerprints, his passion, his support is definitely all over our four school program. So that's kind of the beginnings of the program. And um, I think you could go next to what
1: you have next to he was passionate about the outdoors and, and what we're discovering and, and learning about our communities and, and the grandparents and older. They want this for their grandkids. I know that I am seriously moving up north eventually, building on Leonardo Peninsula. And I'm looking forward when I can do with my grandkids what I didn't do with my own kids. When they come to visit me, we're gonna be outside the entire time. I don't care whether it's raining, snowing, whatever it might be. And I don't care who my wife, I mean, my daughter marries or my son marries, it's still going to happen. Um, but he was passionate about the Odores, and he, everywhere he went, he, he was always talking about poor school. I remember spending time with Troy the last time, and his, he, was, he was just the living testimony that Helen Christian is focusing on this year. His eyes were yellow, his skin was discolored, he was bloated because he was fighting cancer and all he wanted to talk about was forest school. And his son and daughter going out to catch bullfrogs. He didn't complain about what he was battling. He lived out um, the Christian story. So we, I'm wearing one of them right now. May the force be with you. Um, We decided that we were gonna remember Troy this school year, so the t-shirts we ordered for this year's class first in kindergarten have doctor on the back because we want to recognize him, we want to show respect to him and he would be probably not very happy we're talking about him to be honest with you. He's a very private man and uh, like to keep things to himself. We also went and had the opportunity to do chapel. Uh, Mrs. Van Vliet and I, um, that's Zach's son. We knew that he would be uh, without his father at those football games. So we invited the Forest School to go to the home football games. And we were there at the home football games, remembering Troy, um, we gave um, his wife and one of his daughters, and we had uh, a t-shirt for their whole family um, at the football game we were at. And uh, so this is this is what this idea transformed into. Um, this is this is that big umbrella I saw with forest school and Miska saw and Troy saw and others. And as it came to be it wasn't pre-planned none of this i'm telling you this rolled. It's like when they asked us to do this in january we didn't know even if the kids were going to be reading in may if you teach kindergarten you know it's like okay did it work <laughs> i mean some of them you know but the kids that are struggling you really don't know until may uh what you're doing but we have summer play dates i'll talk more about that we have a big adventure we have prayer and praise and bible study we're using primarily god's materials for learning we have a teacher and assistant with students always um, roughly one and a half hours outdoors or indoors, five and a half hours outdoors. We have a stump classroom, a stump story circle, weekly trips to a special forest, puppets, and a guitar. I wasn't a puppeteer uh, until I got an invite to the like meet the parents night, and it said I was a puppeteer. And so a friend of mine, Sandy Tetro, said, Well, you better bring a puppet, Ron. So that was the beginning of becoming a puppeteer, and I'm terrible at it. But you know, some of you sing in your classroom, and you shouldn't be. The kids don't know that. Other uh, kids think, I'm a great puppeteer, too. If you build it, they will come. Um, why don't you talk about these kids who came, what parents signed up for, and what they actually were So we opened to. for
0: enrollment in February, but we didn't have a classroom, and we didn't have a teacher, and we didn't have formal curriculum, and we didn't have data on exactly um, how this was going to work, or to prove that this was going to work. But these families all um, understood, heard, and were excited about what this vision was. Um, and um, some of these families um, had children who had never. Stepped into puddles, didn't have never climbed a tree. Didn't you have one who had never gone sledding too? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, that's for shocker when they yeah. sled. So it's private, interesting, school program was
0: it's not like we had hardcore, you know, outdoor Cabella folks that came in and put their kids <laughs> in this program. It's a, it's a beautiful cross section of um, families that just believed in what this program was going to offer. And
1: they're probably like a lot of parents. It's like, when you, I think some parents are signing up, it's like, I've been taking my kid out there. I'm not going to take them out there in the snow, but Mr. Greg will, or Mrs. Lee will, and send them to Holland Christian Forest School. They got the answer. Um, kindergarten Forest School, this is what it is. Uh, the school year begins and ends in June. That sounds a little radical. It isn't really radical to think about this. The summer, it starts in June because we start summer play dates. Once a week, we meet with kids and we play for an hour. I told Miska on the break that we had here, I said that's important, well there's all kinds of re- reasons it's important, but first you have to have a relationship with your kids before you can ever teach them or have success in management in the classroom. So that, that behavior starts, or that relationship starts in the summer. The other part too is a Christian school. If they start coming in the summer to visit and hang out and develop that relationship with the teacher, they're not going to be going off and signing up for a public school or a charter school because they are already committed. Holland Christian and the Forest School. That, that's not the real reason to do it, though. The real reason to do it is to develop these relationships with kids. And on the first day of school, you don't have any surprises. You probably know where you need to sit. or put the boys separate, I call them little Ronnie here, because I was a, a nightmare for every teacher that ever had me. How to separate these kids so that all kids can succeed in that classroom. So the summer play dates, that's what they are. Um, the Big Adventure, that again I read about when I read about it. They said if you gotta launch your program with something special, I'll talk more about that. Outside in all weather, full time assistant, work with kids the whole day. This is where I, you want to say, I read about it, and that's what they were doing in Forest School, so hey, I guess I'll do that. Um, that's how that happened. It wasn't that they didn't force me to do it at Holland Christian, it was something I thought I needed to do. So there's no breaks. Lunch with the kids. Um, that I was asked to do some of these things in Jenison, and I said no to it because I wanted that teacher time if you want in the lounge. Um, no specialist teachers, that's in kindergarten. We don't have any specialist teachers, so that we can have an extra assistant during reading in small group time. Uh, home practice, that would be homework, but I like to call it home practice because kids learn how to read. This, I know this would be the first time we've heard this probably. Kids learn how to read by reading. Kids learn how to write by writing. And kids learn how to write, do math by practicing. If they don't practice and do those things, that's not going to happen. I think we overcomplicate learning, and that, that's kind of the simple philosophy behind um, what happens in, in the kindergarten classroom. Um, parent volunteers, I use them as many as I can get. Every parent volunteer that signs up and grandma's I have Grandma Gaga coming out. That's what her grandson called him, Gaga. I call her Lady Gaga, but the kids call her Grandma Gaga. Um, she comes sometimes three times a week to help. Um, reading club and end of the year Mother's Day program. That's what the first year looked like. Classroom and four school instruction. Um, the morning, and, and I, I think Mrs. Van Bleep is carrying this on. I heard from some of the kids, she doesn't have my moves yet. You know, they call me MJ. Um, she's got to work on her dancing. But we have uh, dance parties from 8 o'clock to 8.20 in kindergarten and first grade. Um, and 8.20 to 9.45, you can see what happens there. Young box and normal stuff, prayer, Bible memory, Bible study. We do some of that Bible study outside though, probably the best stuff. Um, small group. Um, and reading and writing and math, I'll show you more of that. But by 9.45, um, we start getting our stuff on, we're outside until 12. And you notice it says outside, play, and one-on-one. What What's so powerful about this, because we don't have intervention specialists helping us with our kids that are struggling, but what we, we do have is five hours, five and a half hours to work with kids one-on-one. It's one thing to have a kid, especially five, uh, kindergarten or first grader, give them a book and have them read it. But it's another thing when they sit right next to you. And you're sharing that story together and reading it. They enjoy that. You know, just, just giving them just giving them extra reading or extra math pages and all that kind of stuff. And when they're doing that work with you, kids are craving our attention and our time. They're not getting it at home from their parents. They're not getting it for, they're not even getting it for their peers. My son, I, I, it's, it is what it is. I can't really change it at this point because he's in college. But he games in the basement by himself with people around Michigan. There's no human, there's no there's this lack of content. And it's why kids, even if, and they they love it, they want to come over and work with me. I'm reading this one-on-one time. So the whole time I'm out there in the woods, myself and my assistant, we are working with kids one-on-one. We're not playing. It's either, and at some point, very soon here, I'll show you what we're doing. It will be a time when we are, for the most part, listening to kids read books. That's what I do. Most of the kids that need it, the extra ones. So you can see them, we come in for lunch, um, and then again, that outside playtime. Just gotta see how fast we can ramp this up Pretty fast. This is inside the classroom. That's Jimbo Harvey Harball, my dog. You know where my legion stands this year, this weekend. Go blue, go blue, right? We got Notre Dame, and right in their house, that's a re- that's a reading group, a reading group, math group. See what we're using rocks there, and then another reading group. I guess there was one of them that was a writing group, the one I was doing. That's what happens in that hour uh, of of. Uh, of uh, work as far as reading, Um, or the academic part of the day. This is the outdoor classroom. What I loved about this and the stump circle, the men that came to help me made me feel young. They graduated from Holland Christian 50 years ago, and they came, and they had opposite good power tools because they they went to Holland Christian, so they're doing pretty good. So they could dig the holes, and then they helped us move these stumps into place, but it was awesome working with them. So the one-on-work, I've talked about this already, I'm not going to talk much. We did these in the beginning up until the end of November. That's when these were put in. um, Because I had been out there, my assistant, in the rain and actually in the snow, um, with plastic bag and umbrellas trying to do that one-on-one stuff. So we just needed somewhere where we could sit and get out of the elements. um, Because most of the time, and we had a big upgrade, we had some leftover lumber when they built um, our our, our, uh, classrooms. So we gave them back and sidewalls to block the wood. And that's working one on one. This was in the very beginning. Obviously, he's in shorts. I'm in flip flops. I was going to wear flip flops today, but it was 50 degrees, so I couldn't be my normal self. Um, And uh, letter ID probably was working on there. But it's one on one, the kids. And here, um, probably reading CVC words, I'm guessing. I'm not 100% what they're working on there. Um, How do we do our first year? So I don't know how many kindergarten teachers. Any kindergarten teachers in here? Any first grade teachers in here? Okay, that can speak to you about this. I was thrilled. Um, this is um, instructional level, independent level, independent level, and you see D and above for everybody else in the classroom. Yes, there's 18 kids, um, but remember they spent five and a half hours. We have 24 this year, so I think, oh, well, you only had a few kids. Well, this year, we'll put the, the test, too. Um, the other part that's significant, I think, uh, well, the, here's all the math, and I'll talk more about that. But for my kindergarten teacher, first grade teachers in kindergarten, you do something called, I used to do something called the Dibbles. And so these are those are like those make-believe words, those simple CVC words. And so you can see, this is how many words that they could read in a minute. Now that was somewhere and did somewhere like before Christmas, because then we quit working on it, um, how many they could read in a minute. And then the other part is how fast you can name letters. You think, oh, that's not important. It is. The correlation between how fast a kid can go and name just name letters and their reading ability is just so strong. And what this does, I'm i to show you where we're at this year, What this does, how are we doing this year? I know right now which kids I need to invest my time in. Everybody just can't get the same amount of time. The beautiful thing about Forest School, guess what? The kids that are are not Ronnie Herrigs, probably Mrs. Van, no, she's a lot like Ronnie Herrig too, I found out. Um, The kids that don't need a lot of instructional help, what they do need, uh, she's probably one of the smart ones, what she needed was more social time. In fact, I heard in kindergarten she was a mute so clearly she had some problems. But the smartest kids in your class need more time for social interaction. Have you not experienced that? The, kid, the, the social misfits you have that are these brainiacs? Well, they're going to get that. They're going to get all kinds of play time. We still work with them, but just not as much as the struggling kids. So when you try, this is weekly, this goes home, but look at what's happening already. Even, Even, I almost said his name, you wouldn't know anyways, but um, this week when I worked with him, I know he's going to have a two or three if I check. This is from last week. So everybody's reading simple CBC words. Yes, they know all their letters, they know all their letter sounds, and they can do this. They see, they go but at, bat. Some of them just read them now. This is, what, what month are we in? October. Yeah, week 10. yeah. It's, it's significant. And it's because we're able to give them that instructional time. The other thing, make a ten. If you teach kindergarten, you know that that's an end of the year goal. Almost every kid, there's only two. She really almost has it. He will figure out when he's going to get it. But he will, The so they'll know will give him the time. So when you say make a 10, it's like everything you add together to make 10, for those of you that teach junior high or high school. And then here doubles. Yes, out. in fact, I'm going to show you something, why we do what we do. But they're doing very well. And then you look over here, the end of the year goal for kindergarten is that kids can name four rows so they can do that in a minute. Most kids are above that. The ones that aren't, well, I shouldn't say that. The ones that are bold, we're a little extra practice. I like to get them to five rows before I quit doing that. This is Anthony. He's currently, maybe he's not going to play. We'll see. He's supposed to play. I might skip through Anthony. You might just have to trust me. I wanted to have video evidence because I knew it's just not going to play. Um, oh, there it is. So you see, he's doing his math. Um, that's five plus six, the first problem there. So he's thinking about it. Um, I see some other toughies on here. So you got nine plus nine, seven plus nine, um, six plus four. That's to make a ten. Um, five plus seven. There's, they're using math strategies, so they're able to do all these math facts using these strategies. And so when these kids go to first grade. They've mastered the most difficult addition math facts. They still did this other stuff in kindergarten, but this is something that we added. I'm not going to do much more of that. Um, This is how we motivate the kids to behave. Um, It's called the bucket filler approach. If you're not familiar with this book, it's a wonderful book to read to kids, because it talks about the importance of being nice and saying nice things and how we fill each each other's buckets. And so whenever somebody does something I like, I was just kind of scanning around the room, I like the way you're taking notes. You know, that means you're actually listening to me today. And so what would happen, I you go put a rock in the bucket. So she would go put a rock in the bucket that's in my classroom. And then the rest of my kids, you know what they do? They start modeling whatever it is she got rewarded for. So if you guys had notebooks and you were following this approach, you would start taking notes. So in my classroom, it's like, oh, I like the way Bernard is sitting quietly. Sometimes he's not even sitting quietly. Instead of saying Bernard, Bernard, I need you to sit quiet and put a horse around. Instead, I'll say, I like where you're sitting quietly, Bernard, and put a rock in your bucket. Guess what? He starts sitting quietly, and so does the rest of the class because they want to be rewarded. So you use positive reinforcement. The other part that's cool about that is it's also, when this bucket is filled and it spills over, you'll hear an explosion in the room. They're like, party, 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 because they get to have a group celebration of some sort, whatever it might be. So we try to use positive reinforcement, discovery center partnership.
0: Um, For your sake, in a classroom or even as a parent, um, the Outdoor Discovery Center as well as any nature center nearby is a critical resource to partner with, to bring your kids or to bring in. Um, we, We pay for our partnership, they help with professional development, they help with our outdoor activities slash learning experiences, they come with a naturalist once a week to forest school. Um, but Turtles. Even if you aren't able to, if you don't have the resources to have a partnership that's a formalized partnership, there's so many people in the community that are passionate and knowledgeable about animals or uh, any uh, aspect of the outdoors. It's just worth it to think through people that you have connections with to either bring into your space, or even better yet, to take outdoors to their space to allow kids. Um, Running short on time here, if you don't have a classroom that is in the woods, um, we started off without our beautiful outdoor facility that you see here in just a second. It's not necessary, like we talked about in the inception of this, even if it was just a trailer, a portable, that would have been completely beyond sufficient we began in the back of our middle school in, in a room that was the closest to the forest. So the kids Mr. were coming cool. and going from that is um, a middle school classroom. While well, we were waiting for his classroom to be completed and to pass inspection, that's really where they lived. <clears throat> this year, while we were waiting for the classroom, um, Ron met with his kids fully out in a forest off of our campus. So he lived. Kind of like a homeless teacher
1: out of his trunk. Now this is what, um, this is what Holland um, Christians you just drive, just do know, and Emily just, um, just upgraded, but it that is almost 300,000 miles, 200, uh, 2006 CRV, nice ride, huh? That's how I get to work, it doesn't break down. But, um, look what's in the back, it's everything you need. A guitar, you only need three chords to play guitar. Uh, rain gear, boots, um, that would be bug spray there, and other things we need, snack bag. But I literally, for, Three weeks, the parents got dropped off in the forest and picked their kids up in the forest. We could do forest school without a classroom. Although um, this is forest schools, first you got this is the school primarily outdoors. That's from park. look at that. That's what I was talking about. How can a child play there three hours a day? They do two hours. Actually, it's five and a half, but two two-hour and three-hour segments, and they don't get bored. That, um, and here's the wow moment if you have not seen Helen Christian's uh, Forest School Canvas. I'm in the room to the uh, right here. Um, this is Mrs. Van Bleet's back here. And this is for um, our future second grade teacher. Hopefully, that's sitting in this room that's been inspired and wants to apply. Because I should have never got this job. I don't know what you, you people were doing. <laughs> should have been applying. Because this could have been your room. Um, this is my <clears throat> classroom. Um, no, I did not shoot those deer, catch all these fish. Mine are bigger than that, and they're at home but no, they're all donated, mostly by grandparents, to be honest with you. I have that state flag in there because my daughter wants to be a vet, and so she'll end up on the dark side eventually.
0: <laughs>
1: I've talked about this table minute, one more, and then we're just gonna scan through, but um, I love this table, this uh, set up for a classroom because in the morning when we pray, we all sit around it. Um, my assistant's there, on the other room, we hold hands and we pray and bow our heads and pray, and every seat is filled, there's 24 there. The same time at lunch, we sit around, we hold hands, and we pray. I wanted a picture of it. It seemed like every day I went to get a picture of it, it was gone. Um, a God wink. There's been so many God winks. So three weeks in the forest, we had all kinds of crazy weather. It would end in the morning before we started, and at, by the end of the day, it started when we left. I mean, that was like God just totally blessing it. Here's another one. Um, if you're a woodsman or a craftsman, I cut those two bottom logs here with a chainsaw, 18 inches. That table's that shelf's huge, 24 uh, feet long, heavy. We put it on there, put a level on there, perfectly level. Cut the next two logs. Um, same thing. Put that shelf on there, perfectly level, .002 or .003. What's significant about that is that morning, all of us, Holland Christian gave us a day off to go. Remember, Troy, doctor. And so I went back to school, and I did this, and I got a hold of Misker right away, and I said, you know. Troy right now is smiling down from heaven. I don't know how that whole thing works. But I know that on this special day, there's just no way you can put two level shelves with a chainsaw on top of logs and have that happen without God involved. I'm not that talented. Jesus could do that for sure. Uh, He was a carpenter. Um, Supply list. This stuff you're just going to have to, if you want any of this, um, get a hold of Mrs. Rheinsberger and I. We had a garden. You really should have a garden if you're in... Uh, For school, uh, Mrs. Van Bleet and I both were able to harvest this. This is what happened to it in the end, and uh, she did a much better job making some special treats. The first time, though, um, this is a big adventure to kick off 280 acres. I got to show you my favorite pics here. Um, look at those cars. So they were just on. They're on their way to the Beaver Pond. Those vehicles, and a lot of these parents have never been. Um, every kid caught a fish maple syrup. Um, And this year was just, just like I said, it's the most amazing educational experience. It's the most amazing experience I've had in my life, serving Holland Christian and working in forest school. It's humbling um, what's happened. We had a special program at the end of the year called Mother's Day Spectacular. Here's a song, Praise God in the Forest. Luckily, I forgot my guitar, so I can't sing it for you. Um, But just the whole thing, there's the books that I highly recommend you read. And um, there's some news stories, if you want to read them, where are they at?
0: Well, do we want to, oh, homechristian.org. I'm wondering yeah. if we want to just roll the pictures now. Yeah,
1: you, you, you field the questions, if there are any.
0: Either, Emily, is there anything that we didn't add that you're thinking needs to be added about first grade? Or is there any wonderings that you have? Or it's like, hmm, how does this work?
1: You talked about, largely at the beginning, um, like it has a kind of kindergarten, like garden, you know, Forever. Um, but then uh, you are talking about moving um, to a second grade next year how like are you is this going to keep going all the way through right
0: now it's a class that um, is a standalone class when they get into third grade they're going to move into become part of a larger elementary building and likely be housed there there's a property that's now separate from this that we're hoping Third graders will go back and forth between that building and the property down the road from that elementary building. By the time they're in about probably fourth grade, I think we're going to start to trickle them into the mainstream elementary population. And then <coughs> work with teachers. If you're teaching a creation story or you're doing a weather unit, something, some learning just naturally needs to be moved outdoors authentic learning and Actually, we don't all bend that way right now. Um, so hopefully it's going to be a little bit the cart pushing the horse along to get a little more nature contact me. for the older kids. Do the
1: ratios of like um, indoor-outdoor and uh, free play versus structure,
0: uh, does that? It changes, yes. So like Emily's the, what the kids in her class experienced this year is a little different than what they experienced in kindergarten. She um, is using the same instructional techniques that the kids get indoors so that they are equally equipped um, as our kindergarteners were, but they also need now need to have the same methods and pedagogies and vocabularies. So that if a first-grader leaves the forest and goes indoors, it really needs to be seamless. And they know what a mini lesson is. They know what the math vocab is that's unique to the curriculum that we're using. So that requires a little bit more climate-controlled environment than what they're getting in Finnegan. So yes, it kind of scopes out.
1: Oh, I have to talk about that. <laughs> This, this is you right now, you're not smiling because you're not out in the forest, so we just have to switch these two heads. Or, this is administrative, and this is what a teacher looks like, but if you're in forest <laughs> school, you'd be smiling. So what we want are lots more teachers doing this, and much fewer teachers worrying about what they're wearing. And Mrs. Van Vleet, I was pleasantly surprised, embraced this concept. I thought she was going to come to school like this for the first month of school and transition into this. That's what I thought back in January. I thought, we'll use this slide and talk about our new teacher. And this is what Mrs. Van Bleek looked like when she started. And this is what she looks like now. But she came to school the first day looking like that. Happy though. There's emails if you have Jen, questions.
0: Have question. Yeah, what
1: does the, the home component look like? You're saying that they. The home practice? Yeah. Um, it, and, uh, for school, in the beginning, it's um, we use a very individualized approach to do letter ID. So in the beginning, that report, which we're beyond now, you'd have three letters that you need to practice that come home, and you practice those letters, and you just kind of work through I do YouTube videos to show you what exactly what to do, me working with another student. I think that's really important. It's one of the things that's unique to what we're doing. And um, and then it, it grows from there. Um, the kids now, like I said, the kids know all their make a 10s. They know their. Um, most of them know their doubles now. So there's a math practice sheet that goes home. And when I have my parent um, meeting, I say, "Listen, your kids are playing five and a half hours a day. Your homework's never going to go beyond 15." I say, "Home practice um, is never going to go beyond 15 minutes." But if we're going to achieve the academic, we didn't know. Honestly, when people said, "Is this working, Ron?" I don't know. Well, no one may. <laughs> it worked. But um, so. The home practice became a very important element and we did not have pushback. It does um,
0: require more at home reading yes. with the outdoor kindergartners than what's required and asked of the indoor kids.
1: Yeah. And then,
0: because of the nature of their day.
1: Yeah. And then we, like I said, very soon we we'll transition into, which I really enjoy, and you look out there and the grand, grandmas are coming, the parents are coming, and they're just sitting there next to a child and listening to her read and then asking questions and whatnot. Much of the one on one time transitions and that focus on that. There's a little math and a little reading, though. Will the specials be brought back in for
0: like first grade? They're already in. Well, some of them. We have art and we have PE in first grade, um, and a piece of that is answered by our budget um, because it requires expanded contracts for more teachers. Um, So, right now in first grade, those are the two specials that we have, along with a naturalist from the Outdoor Discovery Center. So they have three. <clears throat> and where that goes from second grade, those, those details have yet to be worked through with admin. Um, we'll be here if you have other curiosities or wonderings. Emily is a really good person to ask to because she's living in it. Um, otherwise, thank you so much. If you need sketches, signed, Karina's here. And she'll sign that for you. Yep. And otherwise, thank you. And blessings thank you. on your Friday thank You Friday.